You are listening to a sermon from Emmaus Church LCMS. For more information, please go to www.emmauspasco.org. Abundant grace and mercy and peace are yours this day in Christ who plants the seed and who reaps the harvest. Amen. So the story is, you've probably heard it many times before, and the farmers up in Basin City sure got it. You know all about that, and many of you know of this story. It's unusual in that how much in detail Jesus explains it. It's very unusual um, to that degree that he does that. But it's, um, you know, Jesus spoke in parables. Parable is a what we sometimes call an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. A story that everybody could understand and relate to. But the real point is how Jesus always precedes it. The kingdom of God is like. And then he tells the story. That's what he does here too. So I just want to, this is where I'm going. I want to think about the, the, uh, the story explained, the story behind the story, and then the story lived out. May God help me. So, the first section that we have, he's, he's speaking to the crowds. The explanation comes to the disciples uh, in, the, in the later verses. So, he's speaking these parables. He wants to hook them. He wants to kind of catch their, their attention and make them maybe think about what's, what's being said. So that as, as they leave, maybe they're going back to their homes, they're talking to one another, oh, the, the, the seed, the weeds, and the harvest, and what did you think that meant? And how is the kingdom like that? You know, Jesus comes talking about the kingdom all the time, the kingdom. He preaches the good news of the kingdom. He, he points people toward the kingdom. He invites people into the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. He says, Kingdom God is like this, and he tells this farmer story. He's helping the, the crowds to see something that there's there's going to be a, a mixture of the of people who respond to the news of the kingdom. And they're going to be all mixed together. And we might be, we, we won't know who's who, and we might try to make judgments, but he, he's saying just, just hold off with that. But he wants them to keep listening to him. And so, so they, they, they keep coming back, they hear more and more. But the disciples, it says, he left the crowds, and the disciples come to him in the house and explain, explain this to us about the sowing of good seed, the weeds, and the enemy, and Jesus goes into great detail. I think this is probably the most in-depth explanation of any parable Jesus gave. So, you've heard it, the, uh, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, field the world, good seed, sons of the kingdom. Weeds, sons of the evil one. Enemies sowed those. The harvest is the 
end of the age. Keep that in mind. We'll be referring to that again and again. And the reapers are angels. And just as weeds are gathered, burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Send his angels, they'll gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers out of his kingdom and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but the righteous shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then he ends as he always does. Are you listening? You got ears? Use them. That's what he who has ears, let him hear means, kind of paraphrase. Pay attention. So, what is he saying to the disciples? Take the long view. Take the long view. Don't be discouraged when you're, you're doing the work in the kingdom and, and you find a, just a mixture of, of, of people and you don't really know where they're at uh, spiritually. And you might be surprised and disappointed by, by decisions and directions that some people take who you thought were, were, uh, were solid. So take, but take the long view. A day will come when God will sort this all. God is doing his thing. It's a, this is a prayer about the kingdom of God. God knows what he's doing. God is in the process of, of um, working Toward the harvest, God's the heart of God is toward the, the harvest, the last day. He says the day will come. So set your hope on that day. Trust God. Don't, don't be surprised at the presence of evil amongst you. Don't be surprised. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disappointed that among uh, believers, all of a sudden there's Someone or who isn't, but you, you, we won't know. See, well, as the things are starting to come up, they, everything is green that you don't realize uh, the mixture that's there. So that's a kind of the basic story. <clears throat> but let's, let's take a step back from that. And let's, let's think of the story behind the story, if we can say it that way. What do I mean? Well, first, um, it's God's goodness that sets this whole story into motion. It's God's goodness. He sees the need in the world and he sends into the world his own son, called the Son of Man, Jesus calls himself here. He doesn't just stand back and say, oh, that those human beings are so corrupt, I'm going to start something new. No, it's God's goodness that he initiates this whole thing. He sends the Son of Man into the world. It's his kindness in action. But then as it plays out, then we also see the patience of God in action and how he, how he, how he waits and doesn't bring his judgment 
immediately. That's the kindness of God in action and the patience of God in action. But let's think a little bit more about what he actually does as he, he sends the Son of Man into the world. So Jesus comes, what does he do? He preaches about the kingdom. He, he gives signs of the kingdom and the healings. He invites people into the kingdom. He shares good news. And But you know where it's going. It goes toward, toward the cross. Toward the cross. Now remember, God's whole focus, God's whole intention, the heart of God is always looking toward the harvest. Now let me, so, so the, Jesus comes as the Son of Man into this world. In other words, he's one of us. One of us. But the term is also a messianic term, that it's, it's God among us. But Hebrews 2 reminds us, he came among us. For this reason, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every way, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So he came among us like his brothers. That's God's gracious action to break into this world, to plant the seeds of the gospel, the good news that touches people's hearts, it brings forgiveness, it brings grace, it brings mercy. But how he carries it out is an amazing way because it goes, he comes into this world, planted into this world, but he goes toward the cross. Where do we see the gospel here? Let me suggest this. <clears throat> Jesus was made a weed. A weed. What happens to the weeds in the story? They're plucked up. They're tossed into the fire. They're, they're for, you, you separate yourself from the weeds. Jesus took the role of a weed. Why can I say that? Well, he himself had that notion in mind. In, in John 12, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus, or it says, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what am I saying here? What did Jesus experience? He'd always had intimate connection to his heavenly Father. Always, from before, from eternity. <laughs> what happens in the in the garden, he cries out, Father, forsake, or, uh, take this cup from me if it's possible. What does he hear? Silence. On the cross, what does he cry out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
He was the rejected one. He was rejected so that you can be accepted. He he experienced hell. The essence of hell is not fire. The essence of hell is separation from God. And that's what Jesus experienced on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? Separation. That's what the essence of hell is. See, in this, we see the extent to which God is committed to the harvest, that he would let his own son be the, be the substitute for the lot of us. He's forsaken that we might be accepted. He's experiences rejection that we might experience acceptance. He is burned that we might be shine like the sun in the kingdom. You see the gospel, the good news tied into this story. That's the story behind the story. Now we kind of jumped over something and now I want to talk about that. This, this story lived out. Because it's a story of a mixture, isn't it, of um, weeds and wheat growing, growing together. And uh, the workers come and say, they're German, so they say, was ist los? What's going on here, Master? Um, you want us to pull up the, the weeds so the wheat can grow? And says, no, leave it to harvest, and then we'll take care of it then. So what's the, what's the point? We, what's the point? We, we can't. We can't identify who is in the true church. Because we can't look into people's hearts. If you have, remember your catechism study, um, you, you might hear about the, the visible church and the invisible church. Those are kind of odd terms. But the visible church is just uh, everybody sitting in the chair in the hotel or the pews in the churches or whatever, you know, around the world. The invisible church, it doesn't mean invisible people amongst them, but it means that um, uh, it, it's those who, who are really trusting in Christ. See, just showing up to church doesn't make you a, a believer in Christ, that you're trusting in him uh, for for, for, for your salvation. So there's a, there's a mixture, a mixture in every church. That's the way it is. Jesus is trying to give us a heads up on that. So we're not discouraged, disappointed, um, um, surprised at the presence of, of, of evil. So what should our attitude be? God has always calls us to love always calls us to love. That Russian writer Dostoevsky said this about that. To love a person is to see him as God intended him to be. Isn't it good? To love a person is to see him as God intended to be. So we want the, the best for another person. And we, we, we interact with them on the basis of that. As God intended them to be.
but we also want to be people of prayer. This is this can nudge us toward prayer. What do I mean? And I'm glad we had a, a prayer gathering last Wednesday. I hope we have more. Pray for, can I say it this way, endangered souls. Endangered souls. Who are endangered souls? Well, they're souls that haven't heard the good news of Jesus yet. That's one. There's one, there's people who have heard the good news but are kind of wrestling with it, kind of pushing back on it, try, trying to weigh it out and, and sort it out. There's people who are, uh, have um, received Christ and know his forgiveness, but their heart is growing cold. There's people who know Christ but are, are drifting away. There's people who are God's people who are, are struggling with, with um, catastrophes in their life, and they're trying to sort that out with a loving God and all that, and they're, they're wondering if it's worth it to belong to Jesus. You know, people are on all points of the spectrum. So this parable nudges us toward prayer. Prayer for people in all their, their different conditions. Uh, that's why I always like to ask, who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? That's so, so important. But we should also be praying for ourselves. That our relationship with God be strong. That we be steady and nurtured and, and growing in our faith. That our soul health would be healthy. You know, you, you take care of your physical health and you think about that all the time, what you should do, not do, da-da-da-da. But we, do we attend the same way to the health of our souls? How do we do that? Luther gives us a clue. He says, you must always have God's word in your heart, upon your lips, and in your ears. I'll say that again. You must always have God's word in your heart, upon your lips, and in your ears. But then he says, but where the heart is idle and the word does not make a sound, the devil breaks in and has done the damage before we are aware. See how important it is to hear God's word and keep hearing that message of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of forgiveness of sins, the good news of God's grace and mercy that's totally undeserved that Christ was our substitute, that he was rejected, that we might be accepted. So, these are kind of a, this is a, kind of a cautionary tale, this, this parable, if I can say it that way. That this, this is how it is, this kind of mixture. Um, isn't it interesting that around the, the table, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, what did ever, each one of the gospel writers says, each of the disciples said, what? Is it him? No, they said, is it I? Wow. It's pretty amazing that they all would come up with that. And then Paul says in one of his letters, to him that thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. 
No. That's a challenging word, verse. So we should do a self-assessment. Am I attending to my spiritual welfare? Am I feeding on the gifts that God provides for me that my spiritual health is strong? See, all of us are lawbreakers. All of us need encouraging. All of us need prayer. <clears throat> so before I, I had said, you know, we, we reach out in love, what was I saying kind of by implication? We, we don't want to be um, a basis of this, this parable um, uh, on the lookout for somebody who, oh, I think Phil, I don't know if he's one of the weed or weed. I'm kind of keeping an eye on him. You know, we're not, that's, that's not the deal, but um, we're to, to, to love, but also when we see somebody straying to lovingly talk to them. And if they're flagrantly going against what they have said is true, then we need to talk to them as well. Second um, Thessalonians, if anyone does not obey our instruction, this letter takes special note of him. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So, We reach out with compassion, the heart of compassion to one another. So let me try to summarize this little section in five statements that I'm trying to say. Number one, believers and unbelievers will always be mixed together in the visible church. Two, only God knows the human heart. Three, there is a day of reckoning, of dividing, of revealing, coming. Four, a vigilante, pharisaical, witch hunt mentality does not please God or serve his purposes. But neither does a que-sera-sera mentality that winks at evil. And five, we live in the midst of this tension. This is a heavy-duty parable that Jesus puts before us. I like what a, a German uh, preacher from uh, mid-20th century said. He said, God is more merciful than we. God is more strict than we. And God is more knowing than we. And in every case, God is greater than our hearts. Isn't that interesting? God is more merciful than we, more strict than we, and more knowing than we. In every case, God is greater than our hearts. See, we live in the light of the day. That's the heart of God. He wants more and more to be wheat to be harvested at the end. God is always looking forward toward that. That's why he invested himself coming into this world. 
that more and more and more might know the good news of Jesus. So we look forward. And so we want to live our lives out. We get busy with, you know, just everyday life, but we're to live in the light of eternity. Praying that God's kingdom would come, God's will would be done, that more people would hear the good news of Jesus. And that those who are struggling will be embraced in the loving arms of Jesus. And that those who are, are drifting would be called back. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. So what do we do now? We trust the Son of Man who's come into the world for us and for our salvation. We follow this Son of Man who's come into this world and was a, 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 a weed rejected so that we can be accepted and we serve this Christ. Let's pray. Oh, dear living God, we thank you that you have sent your own dear son into this world that we might have forgiveness of sins, eternal life, that we might be with you forever. Oh, Lord God, may we tend to our spiritual well-being and may we be people of prayer who reach out in prayer for those around us, those around the world, May we be filled with your spirit that we may be encouraged, encouragers of others. Thank you, O Lord, for hearing this prayer, for we pray in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This has been a message from Emmaus Church LCMS. We thank you for listening and invite you to find out more by visiting our website at www.emmauspasco.org. That's www.emmauspasco.org.